When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. We're back to another Instant Reaction podcast, of course, brought to you by FanDuel, uh, CLNS's official uh, sports wagering uh, site. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up uh, for some bets. And maybe some of your bets will win because the Patriots uh, will not. They will not. They went into Miami and got absolutely just annihilated all across the field. 31-17. Just they got, as, as Magic Johnson would say, they got blowed out. Yeah, that was, and it's, I don't know, man, it was, it's what we've talked about all year. It was the same, the same story (laughs) that we've been talking about, like Patriots competitive in stretches and the stretches where they aren't are so bad that it ruins the rest. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think the story of this first half was kind of the inability of the defense to get off the field in third and long, which, I mean, the first and second down, they were really, really good. Third down, they couldn't do it. And yep. offensively, um, they weren't good, but their second best drive of the half ends with a pick instead of a field goal or something before the half. And that was that was a real killer, that Jalen Ramsey pick. And it was, you know, the same Mac Jones thing again. He's He gets baited into something and doesn't throw the ball early enough. And Jalen Ramsey's a good enough player to make you pay for that. Right. Yeah. And honestly... Mike Larry's in here talking about we said Ramsey was washed because we said that apparently that was that was us. We, never, we, said, Ramsey we, we said we said that we didn't think Ramsey was going to play this week. Right. I don't think yeah. we said he was washed. No, that was us. No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I said. And I, I said, yeah. And then I, I think I think the other thing here, just side note on the Ramsey thing, this was his first game back from a fairly serious injury, and I think uh, I don't think anybody quite knew exactly what we were going to get out of Jalen Ramsey today. And he yeah. was he was excellent. He was really good. And he was he was know, and honestly, Miami. Um. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, it was, it was just bad. It was bad all around. And look, we, we talk about it and your dad is, is in, is in the comments and he's a hundred percent right. The refs are horrendous, absolutely embarrassing. The penalty to the, the pass, the pass interference penalty to JC Jackson, which I, I mean, I guess he grabbed his back, I guess. He grabbed like, a little bit of the jersey. That is just as weak as you will find. That's as weak of a call as you will find. So there's one. The 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 penalty, the non-penalty on the Parker play is insane. It's insane to me that that wasn't a penalty. I, I just I don't understand. Yeah, just, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That's the and that's the is, whole rule. Yeah, and this is the second year in a row that Parker has been completely failed yep. by the NFL on a concussion last yep. year. He got one in the, and Nelson Aguilar is down there waving like the inflatable tube man in front of, yep. uh, 
car wash, trying to get the attention of the officials to the obviously concussed player on the field. They won't right. stop the game to let him come off. And after that, you get this, where he gets obviously concussed with a helmet-to-helmet hit that everybody saw except for the guys who were in black and white on the field. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy territory. I think we all know the NFL well enough to know that like they're not competent, and I don't think this is some conspiracy or anything. Um <laughs> But if there's a play that obvious, sometimes refs do miss something and there has to be a fail safe. You cannot have plays that obvious getting right. completely missed when every single person on TV can tell you. People who don't know the rules of football are going to watch that and say, hey, you can't do that, can you? Right. Well, and I, you know, and I think for me, too, like when you look at stuff like that, for, for me, at least. You know, I've always I've talked about for for a while now and people used to talk about it with the Patriots, like good teams get all of the calls. Good teams do get the calls. Like, they do. That That is a real thing. The Patriots aren't good anymore. They don't get any calls. They get nothing. And the reason they get nothing is because they're not a good team. At the end of the day, you know, and, and look, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's a that, that the NFL is out there saying, oh, well, you know, you have to make this call. I don't think that that's the case necessarily. But I do think we're all human. And I think the, the refs know teams are good, which teams are good and which teams aren't good. Well, wow, that that guy's not holding. No way, right? And you and you look at it and say, "It's a big play by that really crappy team. How the hell did that happen?" Oh, look at that holding over there. So they throw the flag. You know, it's just like that's the type of stuff that drives me crazy. And and you talk about player safety. They talk about player safety all the time. That's all we want to talk about is freaking player safety. Then you get this play. You had the play last week that you know they get called for passing. Same type of thing they get called for, and it was. Questionable at best, at best. Then you get this one, which was clear helmet to helmet contact, no flag. Then last week, Christian Barmore lands on top, I guess, of Josh Allen, and it's a 15 yard penalty. And then he gets fined $30,000 for it. And And today, Kenny Pickett gets picked up and shoved into the ground, probably breaks a rib, and there's no flag. And it's just like, if you're going to make those calls, be consistent. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we can probably get in. It's a low-priority thing, so we can talk about it more at the end of the show, but the fining right. the NFL has been doing this year is ridiculous. That's not it's just ridiculous. a Patriots thing. They've been going overkill, and I'm glad I think it was J.J. Watt said something because, uh, I mean, I'm not a player here, but I had kind of picked up on, you know, this is a lot of guys that are getting fined for plays that nobody is noticing. Like, what's going on with that? And then you actually go back, and, you know, it's, it's a lot. Like, that's... Dude, Dude for Pittsburgh lost his whole game check last week for a regular pass protection as a yeah. running back. Well, that's, they said he led with his helmet or something. I think and my, that's fa- just... my favorite thing was Match Adams' response to that tweet was like, the most frustrating thing is not knowing who Jalen Warren is and then watching the play and watching it 100 times over and trying to find out who did something wrong on that play. It was nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened on that play. If you didn't know who Jalen Warren was, you wouldn't be able to pick it out because you couldn't find anything. Yeah. Yeah, so it's and it's you know Barmore upset about his fine last week as I think he should be, and I don't hate the idea of using fines as a supplemental tool for you know missed calls, but some plays that are dangerous and should be taken out of the game. I don't think you're going to find many people who disagree with that as a concept, but if we're going right. to do it, uh, you know, there's got, it's got to be fair. And there, I mean, it seems like the NFL is just taking away game checks willy nilly right now for small things, and I going to guess the players association is going to have a, a word or two about that one at some point if it continues 100 by the way uh barring a terrible missed field goal the jets are about to beat the uh the giants and the patriots will be in last place by a solid two games in the afc east 
firmly, firmly in fourth. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think after this loss, especially with some of the injuries today, season's over. Um, you win, you win this one and it's, you have three wins in the division and you've beaten a couple of good teams and you got a a rough schedule or an easy schedule coming off, coming up and you can make an argument. They can get back in this thing. Now, I think that's kind of off the table and I'm going to be honest. We were talking about the, the stuff with Bill Belichick and Mac and I'm, I'm not entirely sure where I stand on it because I don't think Mac's the quarterback of the future. But I also don't know if they're going to be picking in a spot to take someone new. And I don't know if I like the options at the top right now with how they've looked in college the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I also, I don't know. I mean, I think they, they've been, outside of those two really, really, really bad games, they've been prepared. I think the guys just aren't that good. And that's a GM issue here. And, you know, we can we can do the whole bill and build a GM versus build a coach thing. We're, we're probably going to be going round and round about that for the next couple of months here. But um I feel good that they're at least more competitive now. Yeah. It just, it stinks that, you know, we're going into the deadline and who are the most valuable assets they have? Like Matt Judon, who's hurt. Christian Gonzalez, who's hurt. I mean, I was not like you would trade him. Kendrick Bourne, now hurt. Josh Uche is hurt. Some of the guys I think you'd want to ditch at the deadline here, you can't even move off of, and that makes it hard. Right. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, and look, I think the hard part for the Patriots is that you're right. Like, what do you do in this situation? Do you try to keep losing and, and get the number one pick? But even if you do, like, you know, it, you're in a, you're in a tough situation. And I agree that Mac Jones. It's pretty clear Mac Jones isn't the guy. He had a really nice. He had a really nice um, end of the game drive against the Bills. It was a really nice drive. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's ever done it. It was great. That was great. But beyond that. That was it. That's it. That's all. It's, that's all it's he's ever done, really. And so, then you watch a game like this, and you see the decisions that he makes, and you see the throws that he makes sometimes, and you're just like, "My God, man, what?" The the interception that he threw to Jalen Ramsey was just awful. It was just awful. It was a bad decision. Number one, number two, he led him way too far upfield. If he had thrown it to Bourne, where Bourne was, not where Bourne was going, Bourne had stopped. He threw it probably six yards in front of Bourne. If he throws it just, oh, my God. Did he hit it? Oh, he did hit it. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to miss the field, but he hit it. Jets won. Um, but if he had thrown it to where Bourne was, probably still gets picked off, but maybe not. But, like, it's one of those things for me where I just look at it and just say, like, you, how? How can you possibly make that many bad mistakes in a game? And the thing is, is that, look, Josh Allen makes bad mistakes, too. But Josh Allen's like is he makes up for it because he makes some incredible plays and he has the athletic ability to do things that other guys simply can't do. Matt Jones doesn't have that. He doesn't give you yeah. up here. He doesn't. And so to me, th- there's no point. There's no point in having him as your starting quarterback. But he might be the starting quarterback next year too because I don't know who you're going to find. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the the popular veteran right now would be Kirk Cousins who. Uh, I mean, we're speculating here, but the video makes it look like he tore his Achilles sure like today, it. which is a long injury, and that's tough. Um, and they're, the whole team feels like it's in this tough spot where the players aren't bad. There's not a lot of like truly bad starters on this team, but right. none of them are good. They all have a fatal flaw somewhere. They're all going to make a mistake. You can like guarantee they're going to make a mistake, and Mac's kind of the head of that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the whole thing we've seen from Mac. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but he isn't a good one. 
And I think we can Correct. say that definitively at this point. He is kind of exactly what the, the players are around him, and he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to get fooled into stuff. And he's late to come off of his reads, and he's he doesn't have a strong arm. He's not the kind of guy who can make up for mental mistakes by like how Josh Allen does, just throwing a ball in there before your defender can get there. He right. has to win by seeing the field better than mm-hmm. the other guys. And he's Part, seeing yeah. it about average. So that Ramsey play, like it's Bourne was open. He has to throw it earlier. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. You, you can lead Bourne on that play, but you have to throw it earlier so Ramsey can't get over in time. And right. you let Ramsey bait him into it. And you can't you can't do that. You gotta you gotta throw with conviction. And then I, I thought that play was killer. And then the, your defense and kind of Miami's offense gives you a chance to get right back into the game out mm-hmm. of the gates in the second half. You got a guy, we got Devontae Parker wide open over the middle for the first down on third down, and you can't come off your read to get to it. And that's I just yeah. It's br- I mean it's brutal. Yeah, you can't you can't do it. Um and like I, I think there were some sacks today that weren't on Mac, but there were enough that were. Right. And, and that's just, that's really what it comes down to is that you, you can't get to a situation where he's a liability. Mac Jones is a liability for you right now because he makes a lot of negative plays for your team. He just does. He does make a lot of negative plays for your team. And that's that's the hard part is that you you sit there and say, all right, well, where is the upside? Where is the upside for Mac Jones? Because I don't see it, right? Like, again, you can talk yourself into Josh Allen because the upside's so high. You can talk yourself into – I mean, there, there are plenty of guys that make stupid mistakes but are good players. Or but are electric with the ball in their hands, you know what I mean? And it's just like that's the tough stuff. And so for me, and so we talked about, you know, maybe not drafting a quarterback in the first round, but like look what Tennessee did the last two years. They took Malik Willis in the third round, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't Will look like he's in the second right? or third. He took well, they took Will Levis in the third round this year. And I mean, now it's one game, but Will Levis looked really good. Really good today. That's a bad Atlanta Falcons team. It's one game, but still, who knows, right? The Cowboys did it, right? The Cowboys did it. Um, oh, geez, the Cowboys did it however many years ago with Dak Prescott in the third round, right? And Dak's not the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's a good quarterback, right? Like the the um, the Seahawks did it years be- ago in the third round with with uh, Russell Wilson. Russell like Wilson. that's the type of thing you got to be able to hit on a guy like that. You know what I mean? And so. And look, and Mike Larry's talking about you got to swallow the pill of missing your fifteenth pick. I get it. I understand that. You had to take a quarterback. You had to. And well, and it's the, the other guys available there too. Like and, Mac and, was the probably the best player available at that point in the draft. It's just right. he's what, the third, that, probably the third best quarterback from the draft. Second best second, quarterback. He's from the, the second draft. best quarterback from the draft. Zach uh, Zach, Zach Wilson stinks. He stinks. But now, oh Zach yeah, Wilson, Zach Wilson's worse. Trey Lance is worse. It's just. You know, field. I think Max better than Fields, but I can understand people who want to argue. Yeah, Fields is the argument. I like Fields a lot. I think Fields. See, the thing about Fields, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback either. But the one argument you can make for Fields over Mac is that he has he has the athletic ability to give you something, even if the passing isn't working. Right? Like, and I think they've used him horrendously in, in in Chicago. So I think if you're able to use him. More like they like the uh, like the Ravens use Lamar that you might see him be better, and so I could certainly see the argument. But either way, even if he's the third best quarterback in the draft, he's still better than the number two and the number three pick, right? So like, and look, San Fran, San Fran 
whiffed on the number three pick, traded a million guys for him, and they're totally fine. The Jets whiffed on the number two pick, right? And they're winning with him at quarterback for some, you know, somehow. So like, so that's that's the hard thing, right? And so it just is what it is, you know what I mean? And and I just think that um, it's man, it's hard. It's hard, and you're in a, you're in a crappy situation. But like to me, to me, you don't. You can't sit there and say we have to panic and you know and draft a quarterback at number ten no matter what. I just that's a bad I, that's a bad decision. And they may yeah. not even get to ten to be honest with you. It might be in the top five, it's, but still, you know, if gonna, you're I mean, not sold on one of those guys, don't draft one. And it's, I mean, we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about the draft here. I think you know the back half of this season it becomes about who is on this team next year. Who do you want back, and who do you want gone? They got a lot of money. They got a lot of guys who are free agents from this team. Right. So it's a lot of figuring out what this is going to look like. Cause I mean, this is, this is the season here. You're too banged up. You're two and six. You're not, even if you really pull something together here, I think the best case you're looking at like an eight and nine type season. Right. Um, that that's kind of, I think your best case now. So it's kind of regrouping and, and seeing what you can do going forward. And I mean, I think it's apparently, Start with the offensive line. Trent Brown apparently was limping around the locker room after the game. We saw Cole Strange come out again with an injury that he's dealing with, but he came off the injury report this week and he gets banged up again. And it's just he's having a he's been decent when he's actually on the field, but he's just yeah. really having a hard time with the injuries this year. Um, I wonder if so. Do you think so was like tired or something like that, or wasn't used to the heat? No. I, he came out, Moffitt replaced, replaced him. Yeah, I didn't I don't, see him I don't hurt. I, I don't. I didn't get it. So is I mean, so and Mafia have both been inconsistent at right guard. So I don't know if they wanted to see something different. And I also thought so played yeah. pretty well today. I thought. I don't. I don't think he was bad, but he had a couple of bad plays in there. Yeah. Um, and then Alwenu, you know, he gets beat around the edge, and he's their best right tackle right now. But do you want to pay him like a tackle this offseason? That's right. going to be one of the questions because I yeah. don't. I think he's good enough to be a tackle. I don't know if he's good enough to be a franchise tackle. I don't know how comfortable you feel about him playing 17 games a year there. And be like, it's you're gonna have to pay him like he's one of your best offensive linemen, but is he actually going to perform that well at tackle? Well, that's a question there. Um, how do you feel about Trent Brown? Right. I mean, Trent Brown's another one. And he's, I mean, he's just so inconsistent. And he's probably a guy that ends up being back, especially if the coaching staff's here, just because like, he's not a bad player and he's usually good value for the money. And, they got a lot of holes on this team, so having somebody at left tackle who knows what's going on and who is right. uh, at least average for not crazy price is a good thing. But you know, that's this is a year to year solution at left tackle, and you want a franchise guy at some point. You gotta draft somebody, and that's probably gonna have to be a first rounder. Same for wide receiver, that you can get your receivers in the second. Um, I will say, you know, they the the we talk about the wide receiver position. Juju came in, and that's the best Juju has played this year. Yeah, we saw late when he finally came in. Um, I think Demario Douglas. You saw why he was a sixth round pick today. He didn't look bad, but the Dolphins were able to make some tackles. He's a he's a good athlete, but he's not a Zay Flowers athlete, and you saw that today. Uh, right, Miami did a good job there. Born is tough. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of questions there. And like, you know, Mike Gesicki, I think, had one catch. I barely noticed him out there. Hunter Henry came alive late, but it took a while for him to, to get together. It's uh, yeah, it's just all of it. All of it. Honestly, all of it. It's just, you know, everything that they did today, 
They don't have the playmakers on offense. And, you know, I know guys are hurt defensively, but like, man, and, and Miami's defense, Miami's offense is very good. I, I'm like, don't take anything away from Miami, but like, you got to play better than that defensively. You have to, you, you just have to, right? And like, you force two turnovers and, you know, you allow two wide receivers to have over 100 yards receiving. You got smoked all day by, by Tua, just crushed you all day long, easily. It was easy. It was easy for them. And that's the hardest part is that, like, you know, it's, man. I mean, like, really, it's, like, one of those things where, like, first down they were fine, second down they were okay, third down they couldn't get off the field. I mean, what the hell was – I'd like to see the stats on Miami on third down. They were incredible. There was – I had tweeted this out at halftime. At the half, Miami's offense had a success rate of, like, 36% on first and second down. And Jeez. then it was 56% on third and fourth down. It's crazy. And that's – and it's just they got playmakers, and the two two of the Miami touchdowns were just miscommunications. J.C. Jackson said that uh, that first touchdown to Hill, it was quarters coverage. So Mapu has kind of along the the inside hash mark there, and really in a coverage like that, J.C. Jackson is basically just one on one man coverage with Hill, and he gets bit beat deep. Right. That's happened there and you know he didn't he wasn't able to execute it they kind of miscommunicated who was there and then the last touchdown of the game man coverage man goes in motion got two guys covering one and the other one's wide open and part of that's the stress Miami puts on you Uh, they're gonna get theirs in a game but it's just I I didn't it's funny because you watch the game they gave 31 points and I did not think the defense played awful the problem was the defense played well enough to kind of give you chances and then not enough to finish them. And Correct. Just, well, when you're down, even, you're down seven at the end of the game and they just, Miami went down the field. Like they, like the defense wasn't even there. Like they weren't even. And, and how, how many times have we seen this in Mac Jones's tenure here, which is yeah. the offense isn't good enough in the first half. The team goes into the locker room down by two scores. So the defense picks it up in the second half. The yep. offense puts together a drive to pull within a score, and then the defense can't get that last stop. It's just mm-hmm. it's just rinse and repeat at this point. You know, sure is. there's going to be a fr- there's going to be an injury somewhere in there that yeah. is going to really hurt you, and there's going to be some weird stuff with the officials in there that's going to hurt you. And that's that's really been like the last three years. I mean, we can we all point to the Matt Patricia stuff, and it's easy to blame, but a lot of this happened in 2021 sure too. Did. You just faced some bad quarterbacks in there, and you know we're halfway through the season now and the defense hasn't gotten a score. I think that has a lot to do with where new England is. They've relied on the defense, supplementing the offense on the scoreboard directly for a long time now. And it, mm-hmm. when's, when's the last time the Patriots had, had a year like this where they just weren't getting the turnovers and weren't getting the defensive scores. It's yeah. I mean, the fact that the, the first points off of turnovers came last week, the first points yeah. that they've scored off of turnovers. So obviously you know, defensive scores are, are hard to come by, but like the fact that you haven't even scored off a turnover yet is crazy. And, and look, a big part of that has to do with the with the offense. But like, you know, the defense ha- isn't having those explosive plays now. Does it hurt that Matthew Judon is not there and Christian Gonzalez isn't there anymore? And you started the season without Jack Jones and John Jones and Marcus Jones only played one game. And like, you know, all of those things, of course, add up to it. But like, to not be dominant defensively is tough, you know, and that's this team is built, you know, on having a good 
you know, having a, a, a fine offense and a really good defense. Um, and that right now their defense has been okay, but nothing special. And that's, that's been the issue. And it's, I think we were banking on top 20 offense, top five defense, mm-hmm. top half of the league special teams. That was kind of the goal. And I think what's funny is that like, depending on the stats you look at, they are, they fall into some of those categories. The Patriots are, they showed it during this, during the game, they're tied for fifth in the NFL in drives that get into the opponent's territory. Right. It's, it's, it's like, this isn't, it isn't an entirely anemic offense, which is the most frustrating thing because they, they suck you in. They can, yeah. they can put yards up and they can get close to scoring territory. They just, they cannot get from the 50 to the goal line or something, even the 50 to the 30 without, you know, stumbling that falling over and doing something they shouldn't be doing. Right. And they're just, that's, that's kind of the story right now. And then the defense is put in too many tough positions and you're, you're down your two best defensive players right now. Well, and that's, that. that obviously doesn't help. No, <laughs> right. like that doesn't help. And I was, I was confused by some of the schematic stuff on defense. Um, I'm really not sure. Like I, I like miles Bryant. I do not know why he was on the field this much in this game. I thought this is one of those games where it should be Jonathan Jones in the slot with JC and Jack outside. And I think right. that allows you to do a lot more man and a lot less of the zone. Although I think you do want some zone against Miami just to interrupt passing lanes. But there was way too many plays where Miami's first read was open. And then even more plays where the first read was covered and two, it was just able to get to his second one and make a play. And part yeah. of that was coverage. and Part of that was pass rush. Part of that was Tua. I think credit to him. I think he did a really good job of dissecting New England's defense and knowing what was going he on. Did. So I'm not going to – that's mean. The other team gets paid too. Tua had a good game, all things considered. But Stepped up. You know, stepped up quite a few times to avoid, you know, avoid the rush. Made yeah. a nice play. Turned it. I think it was at, what, the third and – was it third and five or was it fourth and four where he where he scrambled for the first down right up the middle? I mean, yeah. and they had no one at the middle, right? Play so, right there. Yeah. Just super, yeah. super tough, and it's they the situational football, it's right? Where it was the Patriots, uh, Miami didn't get a third down conversion until either late in the third or maybe even the fourth quarter or something like that, which is kind of astounding. But what kept happening is the Dolphins would get into third and long, and then they'd pick up almost all of the yards and convert on fourth down. Right. And it's I right. know a lot of that's the scheme, too. I mean, you just you, I, I credit Mike McDaniel. That Dolphins offensive line had nobody, and their answer was just, we're going to keep screening you to death over and yep. over and over again. And the reason you can do that is because the corners have to play really far off because mm. even if the offensive line is hurt, they can still get downfield so fast that they can hit the deep shots on you because like, it doesn't matter that the offensive line is hurt. It doesn't matter if they can't protect. They can still hit the deep shot because they can get open that fast. It's just what makes this offense so hard to defend. I mean, I thought I thought most of the coaching and the defense was good today. In theory, you just had a couple flaws in execution. Miami did a really, really, really good job of hitting them. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ian Rapport just tweeted out, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, who has really impressed this season, has an MRI tomorrow to evaluate his knee injury. Based on the initial diagnosis, the hope is it's an MCL injury, but the MRI will tell all. So, um, you know, I think that that's, that's one of those things. And by the way, I, I just saw someone someone um, say this on here, right? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, no, not that one. Uh, the Patriots lost to the refs. Was this one? Is the same guy. No, the Patriots lost to themselves. Patriots did not the lose story. to the refs. Let's, let's be honest here. Let's be honest. 
there were some really bad calls. I think if you are a gambler, right, if you gamble and you had the Patriots plus eight, you have a right to be pissed because yeah. the Patriots would have covered, right? They would have covered, um, but they weren't winning this game with or without the refs. It doesn't matter. Now, obviously, not getting the calls hurts, right? That that makes it obviously a lot more difficult for you to win. And there were some really questionable calls. I, the Parker one is crazy to me. The Juju one to me at the end of the game, to me, that was icing on the cake. I was like, this is incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is like they threw that flag and they and they made up some BS thing about him standing over him after the play or something stupid like that, which he didn't do. But they threw the flag. If you watch the play, the second he hit him, they threw the flag. And so the, it was one of it's those like he where, hit him. It's the he hit him too hard penalty. Right. Right. And it's and like they realized, wait, that wasn't no contact to the head, no nothing. So instead of just picking up the flag. They were like, oh, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct because he stood over him. I was like, what are you even talking? What are you looking at? He didn't do it. it. It was crazy to me. And so and and picking up picking up the ineligible man downfield. And I know they did the same thing for the Patriots last week, but it was, he was close. Down. He was downfield. He was downfield. And the, the other thing on that play, too, um, to I I don't think there was a there was a block in the back penalty on it, but it wasn't for a lack of trying. Yes. I don't know if there was contact, but you had a Miami offensive lineman diving at the back of Tavai as he was trying to make the penalty. And I, I haven't gotten a clear enough replay to tell if there should have been a flag on that or not. But uh, frustrating to see that happen. And that, and it's just the, the hit on Parker. And then after the hit on Parker, Raker comes in and absolutely gets interfered with on the third down yeah. to play after two. Absolutely. And more contact than on the penalty in the end zone they called on J.C. Jackson. And that fumble at the end of the game. Man, the whistle the whistle hadn't been blown yet, and the running back's fighting for more yards. I he's don't blown, know how you – I don't know how you say the whistle. The ball comes out, and he starts blowing the whistle. After the ball – the ball is out and rolling on the ground, and as everyone's running towards it, the guy blows the whistle – and Gene's territory is talking about, well, the whistle doesn't stop the play. I'm like, the whistle, what stops the play then if the whistle doesn't stop the play? Yeah, what are you even that, talking about? Like, well, and there's, you know, uh, there's a certain, up, there's, this, this there's is like the hard thing. I don't mean to cut you off, Matt, but this is the hard thing for no, me. Go, go. If the Patriots let up on that play, right, and they, and they just kind of stop playing, and yeah. he breaks that tackle and runs for another five yards, that's, it's not a fumble. Like, that, that's, that's a first down. Yeah. The same thing happened to the Patriots in the, in the Cincinnati game last year. It's the exact same yes. play in the Cincinnati yes. game last year where it looks like his forward progress has stopped, but he's still churning his legs. He's still moving a little bit. He's, maybe he's not moving far, but he's still moving a little bit. He's not going backwards yet, and the ball comes out. It should have been a fumble. Now, again, it didn't matter. The Patriots didn't recover it, so it's not like – like it, 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 it would have made it third and long yes, or instead third, of third and medium one, and instead now of third and one. Biting on the run. You know what I mean? Like it just – that to me is one of those things where, and look, it's not as though they were biting on the run, and that's why water was wide open. It was a miscommunication by the corners, so it was a bad but you, play. But and you, I, had, I you don't have a safety yeah. deep on it though, because you're playing up for the run and you're playing yes. up for the short pass, and it's just, right. it's frustrating. And there is, it's funny because it, the whistle doesn't stop the play because there's that small gap in between when the ref makes the decision that it's dead and when he's able to actually get the whistle to his mouth. And technically right. when he makes the decision, that's when the play is dead. And I understand right. that. And I think, I think that kind of logically has to be true, 
I just don't think you can look at it. Once the ball comes out, I think you've got to not blow the whistle because at the very least, you have to see what ha- see what happens with the fumble and the recovery and then talk to the refs and make a decision. Then everybody can play it out, and then you can talk about it because you can retroactively say, hey, we thought he had forward progress, if that's what you think. But let it play out and then blow the whistle at least. You've got to do that there. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's just it's, – it's one of those where it feels like the Patriots aren't a bad team they also shouldn't have won this game, and they didn't have as good of an opportunity to pull out a miracle as they should have. Like every put everything together with mistakes the Patriots made, and the injuries, and the bad calls, and everything like that, and it feels like this is a game where they probably should have had the ball down seven late with a chance to to tie it up, or at least a better defensive chance. Like that's kind of feel feels like where it should have been. Because um, you know they get they get some of those calls right on the offense earlier than the Pats are in a better spot. Who knows if they're able to capitalize on it? They weren't able to before, but it's frustrating to to have to not to get basically it's it's what what's been happening. You get all of the bounces against you in in all of the ways at the same time. Yeah, and that's and again, I I just I want you I want people to understand it's not because. Of the refs, the Patriots lost. It no. would have been helped, would have helped, but it's not because of the refs. And look, this is where we can start questioning things. People talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who had a great day today. DeAndre Hopkins is a really good player, and I think Devontae Parker, who's out again, I think you know we all agree Devontae Parker isn't very good. Juju Smith-Schuster, not very good, right? Like, caught a touchdown pass today, of course, but he was only in the game because. Because Juju and Kendrick Bourne, uh, uh, sorry, DeAndre, um, Jesus Christ, Parker and Kendrick Bourne were both hurt. That's the only reason he's in the game, right? So, like, so we go back and we look at, okay, you know, this is happening, this, but like, DeAndre Hopkins, they should have signed him. They didn't. Fine. Yeah. I, I was kind of against it at the because I was like, all right, Parker's kind of the same guy, whatever. That was a mistake on my part. I was wrong about that. Screwed it up. They screwed it up. I screwed it up. Everyone screwed it up. Fine. The other part of it for me is that I don't know how much he would have helped on this team. He had a really good day today with Will Levis at quarterback. He's done really nothing with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. He's been fine, but he's done pretty much nothing with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Well, a lot of his stuff is you know making deep plays, and that's right. the area where Mac hasn't been good. But it's not because of the receivers; it's because he's not really taking shots and he's taking low quality shots and yeah. defenders are like cutting off his throws and Hopkins doesn't help you there. The other thing too, this kind of going back to what I had said in the Wednesday show, Parker, while not being that good, did what they asked of him today. You yep. know, you get, you get the wide open slant underneath. He catches it, picks up yards after the catch and move the chains. They give him the slant on third down and he's wide open and would have moved the chains if Mac throws it to him. And then he draws what should have been a 15 yard penalty later. He's not the wide receiver one that you hoped he would be. And Parker and uh, Hopkins is definitely a better player. But Parker is good enough to win with as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. They got a whole lot of guys on this team who are who are good enough to win with. I think if you took this receiving core and added in a true impact wide receiver one, the rest of it falls into place and it's a pretty decent unit that's, you know, pretty good. That's just you know, it's it's the combination of things. Parker is good enough to win with, but you know, right. he's not getting the ball some of the times he's open. And Douglas is good enough to win with right now, but not not breaking some of the tackles you would have expected. And you get behind the chains early. You know, you right. get that Zeke Zeke had that fumble in there, which we didn't even talk about because it got called back due to a penalty. And like, 
uh, just it was the same the same things where enough guys make one sm- small mistake that puts you behind the chains and it feels like the day is over mm-hmm. and no explosives. Right, hundred percent. And and someone's asking about us paying Parker more money this year. I mean, he's not even close. Parker's not even close. Um, no, no, I no, guess, no. I uh, guess... not, not more than Hopkins. I mean, I think he means that they added on. Oh, maybe. The deal. Maybe they added they, on. I guess technically they had those extra this, years under the deal. Right. So this year, technically, the cap hit is low because they have three void years on it. Um, so not. But the not, cash they're paying him is twelve this year and thirteen next year. They're paying him. A lot of money. They just deferred the cap to you know three years later, which I don't know why the hell they did that, but that's that's what they well, did. They, so. Well, and it's I don't know. I think you did. I think they expected Parker to play better than this. He Obviously, was, yeah. He showed flashes last year and just hasn't. He hasn't been that guy this year, and I don't think it helps that you know he got concussed at the end of last season. He missed week one this year with a leg injury, and now he's concussed yep. again. That's just. It's, I mean, obviously tough to produce, and you're getting hurt as often as he's been getting hurt, which is the story of his career. But some of these, the neither concussion that he has gotten recently has been on him. Right. That's just really, really unfortunate. Absolutely. Well, and I think the guys that people that are looking, uh, that are looking for the young guys to play more, I think you're going to get your wish. I mean, we don't have a choice at this point, right? Jalen Rager's going to play. Tyquan Thornton's going to play. Kayshawn Booty's going to play. Tomorrow, Doug is going to like that. We don't have anyone else. <laughs> like, if KB and Parker, you got to assume Parker's at least going to be out next week. And if KB is out and going to miss, you know, however many weeks, if it's even if it's just an MCL, you got to think he's going to miss a few weeks at least. So, with those got both of those guys out, you got to think that, you know, we're going to have the young guys playing because those, those two guys are going to be out a few weeks. So, um, I don't know. No, I, I don't know what we're going to do. And they had. And, you know, Taquan Thornton, not just a healthy scratch this week, but a guy they sort of trying on special teams just yeah, to bad. see how we do. That says a lot about what they see from him behind the scenes. Um, Booty, yeah, unable to get on the field at all here with the issues. Uh, that says a lot about what he's looking like in practice. It's not, it's not going to get better if these guys are hurt. It's going to be, it's probably going to be a lot of Rager, Juju, and Douglas with, tiny bits of Thornton and booty rotating in. Yeah. And it's just hard. And, and that's, and look, Taekwon is a bust period. Full stop. He's a bust. Yep. To yep. draft him at, at 50 overall, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable to miss like that. And they've done this consistently over the course of, of their career of Belichick's career. He's done this over and over and over and over and over again. He the last, the last wide receiver in the top three rounds that he's hit on is Deion Branch. The only receiver that he's hit on in the first three rounds is Deion Branch. That's it. One guy. He's missed every other guy. Everyone else. I, Everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's I think it's also fair to mention that you got like Gronk and you got tight ends in there where they've historically done a pretty good job at the top of the draft. But I mean, is the, Daniel Graham, the wide receiver. Is Daniel Graham worth a first round pick? Was Ben Watson worth a first round pick? Those guys aren't. Those Watson, guys are fine. Watson, They're good players. Watson was because Watson got where Watson went in the first round. That was, I think, that was worth it. You got a pretty, he's pretty good career right. out of him. Yeah, right at the end of the, yeah, the they, end of the first round. They got a good career out of him, and it's like he's Daniel better Graham than the 21. receivers they've drafted. In the, correct, yeah. yeah. I mean, my my point is that you know you're Absolutely. looking for these impact offensive players, and you just did you haven't drafted any of them. So, 
anyways, we're we're running wicked late on a on an ad. So let's do a quick ad and then we'll just kind of wrap it up here. Um because we're just talking about the same things. I think everything we talk about every week. So here we go. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts, Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Let's just kind of finish up with like where the Patriots go from here because two and six, like I said, two two games out of third place in the division, um, and so it's pretty obvious they're going to finish in last place in the division. Now the good news, the good news about that is that next year you're going to have an insanely easy schedule. Obviously, you'll play the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. That that yeah. makes things difficult, but. You're going to play a significantly easier schedule next year. I think they have the NFC West next year, I believe. They um, do. I, I have I have the opponents up if you want me to go through it. And so, okay. yeah, let's just – we can run through it quick because I think the NFC West is not that good of a division. The Cardinals still stink, right? I think obviously the Niners are good, but like, you know. Anyways, do you want to run – yeah, let's yeah. run through it. You can run through it quick. So, yeah, they get AFC East home and away. And then their home games, they get the Rams and the Seahawks from from out west. They're going to get the Texans and the Colts. And they will also play an AFC West opponent to be determined, which, assuming this team finishes in fourth place, it's going to be whoever's in the last out there. And Probably I think we got to start we got to start praying that the, the char- Chargers are going to win games because the last thing you want is the Chargers to somehow finish in last and you got to play Justin yeah. Herbert next year. Give me whoever the Raiders or the Broncos are going to have. I'd much rather prefer that. And then on the road, again, AFC East, you're going to get Arizona and San Francisco. That's San Fran game. That That's tough. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. You, you do get Jacksonville and Tennessee on the road. Jacksonville could be tough. Tennessee, you know, they, they're – Unless Levis is actually something here, and it's not just a one-game thing, right? That that's very winnable. They're gonna get AFC North, presumably last place team, which I have no idea who that's gonna be right now. But there's a world where that's the Bengals, and I don't like that. I can't imagine the Bengals. I would. I assume it's gonna end up being the Browns. I would think. Um, but I don't know. But that's what I would assume. That's. I don't think that's going to be an easy game, though, regardless, because I think all four of those teams are at least difficult to play. It could be the Steelers, too, because they, sure. they got wins now, but we'll, I don't know if they're going to have wins in the future. And then uh, they play nine road games next year. So the other one will be an NFC North opponent to be determined, which seems to be the Bears at this yeah. point. Could also be the Packers. True. True. Yeah. Which... Yep. You're in a, the schedule should get easier next year, but also they might. There's a world where they get really unlucky with the fourth place teams they finish, and they just happen to face fourth place teams that just have down like years good. this year. If they yeah. if their fourth place schedule includes uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow next year, 
I am going to scream. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and that's unfortunately that's the that's a risky run, right? Is that sometimes you know the 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 stars don't align, right? And so, and I think now we're back. We're back in the situation we felt good about last week. We felt good about the way things went. And I think, you know, maybe some people talk themselves into Mac Jones. I know on here, we still felt as though Mac Jones was not the guy. Good game, but still not the guy. Um, some people may have talked themselves back into Mac Jones after after one good game last week. And really, really one, one good fourth quarter drive last week, if we want to be serious. Um, you know, so... But to me, I just – I don't – no, I don't agree. I think that, that Matt Jones yeah. still isn't the guy. Um, and now you have to make the decision about Bill Belichick. You have to you have to really make the decision about Bill Belichick. I understand. Like I get that – I get the fact that their defense is very good. I, I understand other offense is very good. But like you have to at least provide some resistance. And – yeah. There were times well, today when it felt like they provided zero resistance. Yeah. Well, and it's they they had some resistance and then it would be immediately overcome, which is like it's not it's tough. It, it, it's really tough to evaluate because you're also you can look at this whole thing and say, hey, they had essentially two missed assignments in there, and those two missed assignments go the other way, and that's two touchdowns off the board for Miami, and you force two turnovers, yep, and the other fumble, and it's you're not it's funny because it's a, you give up 31 points and you're also not that far away from feeling like you had a really good defensive day. And right. you, know, you got not being able to get it done in fourth down. Like you're just, you were, it felt like you were playing one, one step behind the whole day, which is simultaneously a sign of bad coaching, but also good coaching with how good Miami's offense is. It's hard to actually right. read that because at this game, you know, Miami scored 17 points last week and I'm not sure how much of a difference there was between that and this other than, you know, one extra blown coverage and a couple like penalties. Miami got hosed on penalties last week and they get the luck this week on it. That's, that's life in the NFL. So it's a lot of it, I think is going to be based on how things go the next couple of weeks and what the plan is going forward. Yeah. I think there's a world where Mac Jones is your quarterback next year. And if you're seeing it as a transitional year and you're trying to build off of other things, I think there's worlds where you're going to go for, a trade. Uh, I don't think it would be the case, but in a world where the Cardinals are looking to move off of Kyler still, I don't think he's a fit, but um, he's shown he can take. And if they, they they can't even move him. I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to eat so much money to move him, which I guess maybe they will, but like, my goodness. And uh, like hypothetically in a world where they're looking to move off of him and the Patriots say, Hey, we're going to go make a move because we want to upgrade our quarterback spot right now. Hypothetically, yeah. if they go for something like that, if they want to go for a Kirk Cousins, who they did now say towards ACL, still has to be. I'm in with Lowell. Sam Bradford. Love it. <laughs> Sam Bradford. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and there's also the drafting a guy thing, which I think is tougher now. Honestly, the guy who I've had my eye on this whole season as the take a shot in the second or third round guy was J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. And given the recent revelations around the Michigan football program, will say I don't know how good I feel about my evaluation of him because or anyone on that team for that matter exactly Uh, that's going to completely cloud the way that that gets evaluated so I just I don't know what the answer is and let me tell you man from the tape I previously watched of Drake May I was not impressed Caleb Williams super impressed by the things he can do super concerned about the process 
and how things look when things go bad with him. So, you know, I don't, I can't say it's a bad idea to draft either one of those guys, but neither one is Trevor Lawrence right now. Neither one is Andrew Luck. Neither one of them is some kind of sure thing, Pro Bowl QB, who you can just insert in and feel good about having a championship window for the next 12 to 15 years. Yeah. There's just that. I don't think that's there in this draft. I think they're much riskier prospects at the top. So there's a lot of ways. And we're also going to see where this team picks. They could pick fourth or fifth. They could pick 12th, depending on the number of wins we see down the stretch. Right. And that's, you know, and that I think that's really what it comes down to, right? Is that what exactly does it look like? But to me, I don't know. It's hard because you wonder, is there enough talent on this team for any quarterback? Right. And I think what, what those guys bring you is something that you don't have, which is a guy to me, you have to move into the 21st century, right? You have to get a guy that can beat you with his legs as well as with his arm. You also have to have a guy, to me, I want a guy that has the arm. And Will Levis, Will Levis, although I didn't love Will Levis, was a guy that I would have been okay the Patriots taking a chance on. And the only reason is because the arm strength is so outrageous that, like, he has the ability to make those throws that not everyone can make, right? And so, like, you can't teach – that can't be taught. The arm talent part of it cannot be taught. And so I want a guy like that. Now, you're not going to get Caleb Williams has the arm talent, right? Like, you can get that from Caleb Williams. There's not a lot of guys in the draft that have that. But to me, that's what I'm looking for. Give me someone like that. Let's just take a chance on on a guy like that. And and again, is it going to be perfect? No. But but that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. Um, potential trade target, Jerry Judy just got a long pass and then followed up with a touchdown pass. A uh, touchdown catch, I should say. So... Yeah. You know, I, but look, I, I just think, I think you got to get weapons. You have to get weapons too. And right now they don't have really the weapons. So do you want to spend a top five pick on a quarterback that you're not hundred percent sold on? Or do you take a top five pick on, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. Or do you trade back, pick up an extra first round pick in 2025 and, you know, take a offensive lineman at, 15 overall, whatever the case may be, or, you know, or even a, a wide receiver yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, for me right now, there's kind of a, a clear top group of, of players in this draft. And it's going to include two offensive tackles. It includes as of right now, one wide receiver and Marvin Harrison jr. From, from yep. the tape I've seen, he's clearly number one and nobody else is quite in that tier. Yeah. Brock Bowers is in that mm-hmm. tier as a tight end. And, there's a chance here the Patriots end up picking in this window where they are just outside of that. Mm-hmm. And if you pick at seven or eight, the best player on the board when you pick might be a defensive player. And it might not be close. And I don't know what you do in that case. Because there's Jared Verse is the defensive end who comes to mind who's a freak athlete and can really do some stuff on a football field. And they might be in a spot where he's the best guy available. And Judon's getting older, and we're going to see what happens with Uche if he gets traded here. And Edge is kind of a position of need. And if you have a guy who you think is a perennial Pro Bowl player on the edge, I don't know how you pass that up. But also, this offense needs something. And you might it might be in that position again where the best guy on the board is clearly a defensive player and you can't pass, but then you got to leave the offense for another year. And it, I don't know. Well, and you're not wrong, but I do also think if there are guys that are that good defensively, they're going to go like, I think that you'll see a defensive guy go over 
oh, say a wide receiver. Let's just say, right? Um, I don't know, but that's that's kind of the way I look at it, right? And so it's um, it's gonna it's gonna be close. There's him and there's Kool Aid McKinstry from Alabama, who's the top corner. So like right now they have top corner going at seven, the top edge going at nine. This I'm just looking at the Tankathon mock draft right. right now. So yeah. it's kind of a ballpark. And that's, you know, when you start to come down, because I, I like the receivers in this draft, but I think there's a lot more tier two receivers than tier one receivers. Yeah. And the value you get picking a receiver, like the, the quality of prospect you get as a receiver picking at 11 might be the same as picking at 31. There might not be much of a talent difference there. And if you get, if you're there at 11 and you got to pick, you get the pick of any receiver you want, but they're all the same group. You know, it's kind of a tough position to be in because you feel like you're in a spot where you would like to be getting a difference maker, but you might not be. And, you know, it's, uh, there's the, the thing is this draft is top heavy with offensive talent and the guys who were picking at the top of this draft all need offensive players. So right. that's where you're in the position where, you know, you might either have to trade up for somebody or the best guy on the board's defense. Right, which is why I don't know what you do in that scenario. I think you trade back. I think you don't have much of a choice. You kind of have to trade back uh, because it's just gonna it's just gonna depend on what the deal looks like. Because if it's we'll give you a third round pick to move up well, ten spots, right? Then that's yeah, not enough. you know what I mean. But because, it's just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it's I I, it's a lot. A lot's gonna depend on the future weeks, and it's the toughest thing about all of this evaluating is that I don't think this team right now is bad. I know they're two and six. I know they've played poorly. I don't think right. this is a bad team. I think this is a, a very flawed team mm -hmm. that's injured. It's a good way to put it. A lot of good teams. And yeah. I think we'll, we'll, if they're a bad team, we're going to lose the next couple games. And that's, you know, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I don't think they're as bad as we saw against the saints. I think they're a team that is approximately, you know, a score away from the top teams just consistently. And when things go well and they get lucky, you get the Buffalo game and most games, it's going to look kind of like this or like it did week right. one and two. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no good. So anyways, all right, let's get out of here. We've been here almost in an hour um, talking about this garbage game. Um, you know, look, the Patriots are not good. They're just not good. No. They're not, they're not a good team. They're not. It's just they're the way it goes. Enough. And they got it sucks. But it just, you know, it is what it, it is what it is. And I think that you are in a situation right now where this is kind of this is this is what you are. You are what you are. Now you got Washington next week who played a really tough game against against Philadelphia. I think that they always do that. I don't think Washington's a very good team. Both games are good. Yeah. But they play Philadelphia hard every year and they score thirty one points, right? They have a legitimate offense. Sam Howe is a gunslinger. He can throw the ball around now. That's so that, going to throw it to somebody, either offense or the defense. Well, and that's and that usually works in the Patriots' favor, which is good. Then you're playing the Colts with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. They're not very good, though. I think they have scored. They, they have scored. They lost lot. today to New Orleans, but they allowed 35 points to New Orleans, who had only scored over 20 against you. Um, you know, and so it's one of those things where like they're not very good either. You're not so like the Patriots have a chance to pull off some wins here and get it to you know seven and nine or seven and ten eight and nine something like that so we'll see well i, I i'm going to be interested to see what happens the next few weeks because that is going to that to me is going to be the big question are you are you not good enough to compete with like with the good teams in the league or are you just a complete disaster and you're just one of the worst teams in the league that's and i, I think that's what we're going to find out these next three or four weeks and i suspect we're probably going to see this being a team that is middle of the pack and at the very bottom edge of 
middle of the pack. Yeah, like the last team in that group. Yes. Um, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a blowout win one of the next couple of weeks because yeah. the luck will they'll get what they'll finally get a game with like four defensive turnovers and the offense doesn't turn it over once. And, and it certainly could be it certainly could be next like week. The the way that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the way that Sam Howell throws the ball, it certainly could be next week, but we'll see. So anyways, all right, we'll be back Wednesday talking about next week and where they go from here and, and what they do. and and uh, Keep the silver pants anyway. I don't care if they're lost. Keep that's, I mean, listen. If they, they stop like running functional, this, I'm going to be mad. They looked like a functional offense. The last time we saw the blue pants was the Saints game. You didn't even look like a functional offense. So for the last two games. Well, there was the Raiders he, game in there, but yeah. Or blue pants for that one too, but that's on the road. Or blue pants on the road too? All right. Well, never mind. Whatever, I don't I care. Don't Blue pants on the road is fine, but keep the silver at home. Well, the Raiders sucked. They sucked against the Raiders too, so fine. So even more, you know, you, yeah. you you played you played like garbage with the blue pants. Keep the silver pants for God's sakes and go from there. So, um, did you just look? He looks so much better, so much better. It's that's um, yeah, really good. Yeah. So, I also one last well, house cleaning on this. I thought it was yes. interesting. You saw Dante Hightower on Twitter complaining about the refs. Uh, which I feel like you rarely see former players weighing in like that. I think more notably, Daniel Equale was like, he called out the refs. It's like, what is this? Hashtag refs or something like that. Yeah. He's on IR. That is a player on your current roster. I don't know if that yep. tweet is still up. I don't know if he's going to get fined for saying that, but I do think it's notable that you got a current player looking at that on the roster being like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, the refs were, were embarrassing today. Everyone should be complaining about the refs. Miami the fact that they got away with, I think, multiple legal formations or guys uh, in motion towards the line of scrimmage at the snap. There was one that should probably should have been either a false start or a guy in motion. There was another one with the guy clearly going towards the line of scrimmage at the snap. I just, I don't. And Belichick was fuming, and they just don't. They haven't called it all year on them. The one, the one play where Mostert and Barrios are both in motion, and Mostert stopped, but Barrios kept going. You, that's illegal. You can't do that. Those, those are two guys in motion. They both have to be set. For a full second before you snap the ball, and they weren't. So I just—it's crazy. And Denver, by the way, is who's two and five right now is is beating Kansas City fourteen to three and just picked off Patrick Mahomes again. So and if they if they somehow win that, then we are square. Then I think based on the current teams where they play, we would be playing the Chargers and the Bengals next year as our last place opponents. Which you know the the Chargers have talent on that roster. They're going to have a new head coach next year. I it's don't, not gonna happen. I don't want to have to do that. It's not gonna happen. Denver, don't even it's not gonna happen. Denver's not gonna I'm, keep this I'm, up. I'm and curious about be I'm curious about what happens with that um Chargers game later this year because they're not they've been really struggling and well you I think that's Brandon gonna Steele, tell us right they're going, fire Brandon Steele. they're going to point. Well, you have to fire him. Forget like decision making and all that. He's a defensive head coach with elite talent on his roster, and perpetually he has bad defenses. That's why he's mm-hmm. gonna get fired first and foremost here. But they, yeah. you know they got their best talent guys are better than who the Patriots have, and I'm that's that's a game I'm curious about to see how it goes. That, that you know there's there's a whole bunch of teams that are just in the middle in the NFL right now. Yeah. The Patriots are one of them, and they play basically all of the other ones down the stretch. And I don't know if it's better for the team to win a lot of those games or to lose a lot of those games. I'm really not sure right now. No, I don't either. For my mental health, I hope they win at least a fair share. Of them. I know, or at least look good. At least be competitive. Like be competitive. I will say, they were fairly competitive today. They got screwed a few times by the refs. They made a few yeah. horrendous plays on their own, and and that's the game, you know. And so, but this team, the thing about this is that 
this team is not good enough, A, to overcome bad calls from the refs, and B, to overcome bad mistakes that they make. Like, they're not good enough to do either of those things. And, so, and the injuries. Yeah, it's, it's all injury, three of those things. Injuries. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, and all three of them happened. And I want one last note on this, my house cleaning on this. I don't know yeah. if I mentioned it last week, but that the Patriots-Bills game was the first Patriots game this year with a lead change. And you had two there late. And then this game, you have kind of the dream start for the Patriots in that you force a turnover early and you turn it into yeah. a touchdown where things look great. And you start with that 7-0 lead, which is what they talked about, and they still were not able to do anything with it. And I think that right. is probably the most disheartening part here is they did all the things we've said that they need to do to play with an elite team, force turnovers, get ahead early, play with the lead, couldn't do it. I thought Bill O'Brien's play calling today, it got good. It was good in the second half. It was not good in the first half. No. They, they were too predictable in a lot of ways with run pass calls. And um, I don't know. They Even though they were able to get ahead, they didn't play like they were ahead. And they, you know, they just, it was tough. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And, you know, and I thought Ramondre, I thought Ramondre had one of his best games of the season um, today, which best, was good. Two it was games nice to back see. Back. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's not, it, it's not good enough. And, and if, you know, they just couldn't throw the ball. I mean, Mac had under 100 yards passing in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just like, it can't happen. So, anyways, all right, let's get the hell out of here. I've talked, we've talked about this game enough. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday night um, previewing. This weekend against Washington, yeah. I'm excited about it. My, it's my daughter's, uh, to me, my daughter's first regular season game. Pretty excited about it. Ooh. So, uh, Hopefully yep. they can deliver so, a good one. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be exciting. My parents are. The, uh, wait, go ahead. When did the Patriots last beat an NFC team at Gillette? It was that Giants game last year, right? Not Giants, uh, Lions. Lions game last year, yeah. Who they play? Did they play anyone else last? Um, obviously, they played someone else in the NFC. Oh, the Bears, and they got killed. So yeah, the Lions last year, and then they they lost against the Eagles and the Saints at home this year. Yes, yep. They struggled against those at a conference opponents at home for some reason. It's really weird because they played another NFC team. Did they play another NFC team? Oh no, no, no. the Saints was there. Was there? They played their they played their extra game on the road last year, right? Their extra NFC game at Arizona. But they had that game against the Saints in 2021. That they lost, they lost at home against Tampa. So that's only one NFC win at home recently. They right. lost to San Francisco the year before. They beat Arizona that year. So Arizona and right. the Lions are their their only two wins over NFC teams at home since Brady left. Yeah, that's not great. It's not great. No, so but we'll see. But Washington is not good. So let's hope let's hope that happens. So and let's hope some of these guys are healthy. I mean, yeah, I want to see Kendrick Bourne play, or I'd like to see them trade him. One or the other. Him being hurt is good for nobody here. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, KB, to me, KB, you don't trade that guy. To me. I I wouldn't trade him. I think he's a good player. He has the rapport with Mac Jones. I think he's a leader in the locker room. I like Kendrick Bourne quite a bit. I don't think there's any reason to move on from him. No, but it's one of those, if this team is really falling apart and somebody says, we'll give you a third-round pick for him. Well, no one's giving a third. I'm sorry, but I don't think anyone's giving you a third-round pick for Kendrick Bourne. I like Kendrick Bourne. That's... But it's you know. it's off the table now is the issue. Uh, if he's yeah, going, I get you. I get you. you I understand. It. I understand. Yeah. So and Josh Uche, by the way, I feel the same way. Matter of fact, we might. Well, let's see what happens. We're going to have a show Wednesday, probably. Maybe we'll switch the show to Tuesday night if there's some wild trades uh, on Tuesday. Maybe we'll switch yeah. the show to Tuesday night instead of Wednesday. But um, unless there's a crazy trade on Tuesday, 
you'll see us Wednesday. And obviously, trade deadline is Tuesday, so we'll kind of we'll play that by air and see what happens. Um, yeah, but but we'll go from there. So, yeah. so anyways, and Uche, people talking about you know um, Uche being traded, and I, I just think I feel the same way I do about Uche that I do about Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if they're going to keep him long term. I don't know. Um, but you know, to me, I'm not just trading him for for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so third I third round pick, third round pick or higher for Uche. That's what I. That's how I feel. Give me a day two pick, and, yeah. and he's yours. You know. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, thank you for showing up, guys. Appreciate the chat as always, and uh, and we'll be talking to you later on this week again. Maybe. Probably Wednesday, but if the Patriots make some moves on Tuesday, then maybe we'll switch it to Tuesday. We'll see what happens. So, all right, thanks, guys, and uh, and we will uh, we'll talk to you later on this week.